Hi, and welcome to the official Laughs Podcast. My name is Samantha Tams, and along with Estefania Lacayo, we founded the Latin American Fashion Summit, a global platform for Latin American fashion and design. Our podcast sessions aim to enrich the industry. We sit down with designers, entrepreneurs, leaders, and newcomers, and share their powerful stories with you. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy the following conversation. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Laughs Podcast. Today, I have the honor and joy of interviewing one of my best friends, Adriana Peón. Adriana is Facebook Mexico's interim country director. In her role, she is responsible for accelerating Mexico's digital capabilities for the advertising ecosystem, as well as the communities in which Facebook operates. Since we were six years old, we always knew Adriana was going to be the most successful one from our group of friends. She was always brilliant and a natural leader. She has an MBA from Stanford University and a BA and MA in psychology from NYU. Prior to her role at Facebook, she worked for PayPal, McKinsey, and PepsiCo. Today, I turn to her to talk about a very important topic. I don't know if it has happened to you, if it hit you right at the beginning of the pandemic or this late like me. But this week, exactly three months of confinement, I have started to feel extremely anxious working from home. And it is strange because I've always worked from home. I have always been remote with my team. So that dynamic is not new to me. I guess that it is a mix of everything that this confinement represents. A mix of emotions, homeschooling, working long hours, stress, and other things. So today we're here with Adriana to talk about working from home and the different strategies that she has implemented with her team at Facebook. I kind of broke down this podcast in two parts. I'd like to start with overall working from home, team management, employee burnout, and performance, to later discuss about women, gender equality, diversity, and inclusivity in the workplace. So welcome to the Laughs Podcast, Adriana. Thank you, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, thank you for having me over. And first of all, I wanted to congratulate you and your team. Uh, what you've done in fashion in, in just a couple of years is amazing. And what is amazing about it for me is the community that you've built, which has allowed you now under COVID and the new circumstances in pivoting and generating content for the community that's important. So I'm in full admiration of you. Thank you for, for having me. And before we start, actually, uh, I think and it's very relevant to your introduction. I would like to start with a breathing exercise. This comes from, it's called Boxed Breathing. It comes from Ariana Huffington. She has a company that calls, that's called Thrive. They do a lot of work around stress and stress management and I highly recommend um, deep diving into it. So if you will follow along with me, uh, we're going to do a series of breathing exercises. So, uh, And I'll run over it right now and then we'll do it. So we will breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, Breathe out for four seconds and hold for four seconds and then all over again. And it's going to take a, about a minute because we'll do it four times. And so if you're ready, let's breathe in. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Hold, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Hold, 
One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. How do you feel? Well, I feel much more calm right now. I was actually kind of anxious recording. <laughs> now I feel a little bit more calm. Thank you. It's amazing, right? It's just, it's one minute. Um, and talking about mental health and how we think about our routine, like throughout the day, just give yourself and, and everyone who's listening, give yourself one minute, one minute to just pause your brain. And it actually em empties the load. And a lot of the load is anxiety because we're, we're living through very difficult times. So I would recommend you and everyone else to, to try a couple of times a day. And it's very simple. Doesn't, I, I'm not good at meditating. My mind is, doesn't get quiet like that. But breathing is one way in which I can, I can manage stress or anxiety better. Of course, but because when you like focus on your breathing rather than in your thoughts inside your head, you kind of like let that out. So I think it's it's very instrumental to perhaps if you're leaving, you know, or starting your day like that, it will help you manage, you know, stress and all these thoughts that some of us have or even at night, no, before sleeping. And even like if you break your day, so, so actually there's research around this, but you're much more productive, even though people say they have a different routine or like uh, sleep cycles, but the first hours of the day is when you're most productive. So you can start your day when you're start of feeling like it's wearing off, then you do this and it breaks it. And then you can go again. And then if you start feeling that tear down, then you do it again. Um, so hope it can help everyone who's listening. Well, thank you so much for that exercise. I would like for you to tell us a little bit about you, to study and how did you end up in Facebook? Yeah, I have a, if anyone sees my bio, I have a very non-traditional background uh, for someone who's in business now. But I started studying psychology and sociology, and then I also got a master's in industrial and organizational psychology. And I think I did that because I'm really passionate about understanding people and human and drives and what, what makes people do what they do. Um, however, when, when I was studying it, I realized that I wanted to make sure I could have uh, impact and I wanted to be in an organization. And so I was lucky enough to be able to join PepsiCo and in a very, very new area, which was called business innovation. And what we were doing is transforming the organization. And from there, what I realized is I love this, but I have no business principles. So I went ahead to get my MBA. From there, I worked a little bit in consulting. And I think part of understanding yourself and your authenticity and what really makes you thrive is what I did at, in consulting where I realized I'm not, it's not, it doesn't suit my passion. My passion is to be with a lot of people, be leading teams, operating those teams. So I both um, left McKinsey, but I also left the U.S. All of this was, was in the U.S. And I came back to Mexico for two reasons. First is... I, at that time I was openly gay and I was very committed in making sure I could make a difference in the country. And there were, it was just the beginning of Pride Connection is 2013. Companies were not really talking about it and I wanted to make a difference there. And two, I wanted to work in my country and be passionate about what I did. So I joined uh, PayPal 
I was leading uh, the small and medium business sector for Mexico. Then I was in charge of all of Spanish-speaking Latam. And from there, I got the opportunity to join Facebook. And I think with Facebook, it's just, it's a platform so big. We have Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus. And so the ability to impact the world and to connect the world, and it's more true now than ever, uh, as we're seeing with COVID, is what really drove me to be here at Facebook and lead this transformation in Mexico really needs uh, that support in digitalization. We need to make it simple and accessible, and that's part of what we do here. Amazing. So part of your job right now has been managing the crisis for your teams and overall the team at Facebook. And I guess that working remotely has been a very difficult adjustment for everyone. This crisis has brought a lot of stress and uncertainty. How are you managing your team um, at Facebook right now? Totally. And I think... um, People think that because we're Facebook and we're technology, it's easy for us. And as you started this podcast, we need to all understand that this is not a normal work from home situation. We have kids that are not in school. We have uh, how, like we, we're managing multiple chores at home. Uh, we are not allowed to go out. So there's economic uncertainty, there's, there's job uncertainty. And so I think the first thing is to acknowledge and for people who make the mistake of saying that, oh, working remotely is working very well. Yeah, there's things that you realize that you could do uh, digitally, uh, but it doesn't mean that it's working very well. And it doesn't mean that people are under a lot of stress. So I, the way I've been leading the, the Mexico office is I have several leadership principles uh, under which I work. And the first one is we need to lead with empathy. What does it mean to live with empathy? Speaking of the situation, for example, it's very common that I'm on a call, on a video call, and there's a kid running around. Or I actually have, uh, I've had several of those, but I was starting a one-on-one with someone and I just could just hear the shouting and screaming of of one of her kids on the background. I saw her face and within two seconds, I was like, you know what, let's stop this call, go attend. It's more important for you to be with your child right now. Whatever it is that we need to figure out, we'll find the time or we can do it over email. If it's overwhelming to reschedule, don't worry. Let's just stop. And I think that's the principle, how you make sure that you're understanding the other person. We at Facebook have a, we used to do this before COVID and it's much more important now. We have a practice where every meeting we start with a check-in and a check-in is emotionally. How are you feeling? How are you getting here? And I used to, my sales meeting, my leadership meeting, we probably spent 30 minutes doing check-ins and then 30 minutes reviewing business. I've sacrificed part of the business depth that we could explore to make sure that we know where everyone is. And it's a very powerful tool. If you have time, you can do checkout, but but just making sure that you start the conversation with a check-in, I think it's very important. The second principle is vulnerability is the new currency exchange. And Sam, you led by example starting this this podcast and putting yourself out there. It's difficult for you. And I think that's part of what we're expecting from leaders. I am very vocal in the office on things that I'm struggling with. I was very vocal that I started therapy again because there were things that, and and I think it's important to understand when you're, I, I live with my wife, we don't have children, but she's dealing with her stressors. I'm dealing with my stressors. And at some point, how do you cope with this, right? Because we're both overloaded and just a simple trigger 
takes you off. And and what what we both did is we we started in our therapy talking about this to make sure that we could have someone to put all of those uh, all of that overload and to try to talk about it and to try to understand it. And this I I openly talk about here. I talk it with my team. If I have a bad week, I start uh, our Q and A's. We have a lot of constant communication in our Q and A's. I start saying, Hey, this was great. Or this week was actually really bad because it's a roller coaster. You said you started. Um, you started this being very driven with a lot of energy and now you have anxiety and that's totally normal. It's a, it's a roller coaster and sometimes the roller coaster is within the day. You start the day feeling great and then in the middle of the day, you, something happened some, and something triggered you yeah. and then you're there. So, so speaking about this is very important. The other thing is as leaders, it's the first time in history we actually do not know what's happening. If they tell me, when are we going to ba- go back to the office? I don't know. Yeah, we don't have How it's yeah, how is the economy going to recover? And, and we expect there's to have the answers. That was the, the type of leadership before. And so just saying, no, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But I'm confident in you is goes a really long way. So vulnerability is important. The other one that I think it's um, also very important is humor goes a long way. I do a lot of happy hours. Uh, I do skip levels and just anyone in the office can sign up. And we use filters, we joke, uh, like we just just laughing and I, one of my um one person in my team actually we're in a commercial uh team so we we have clients and he started the client in in zoom uh with mr potato head and the <laughs> client started laughing uncontrollably and she said it's the first time in covid she had laughed that really tells how how long humor goes how much we need it we need to there's research around resilience adam grant and cheryl samberg have done a lot of research and one of the things that happens when we're under stress and we're in a very like we will all have a a degree of post-traumatic stress disorder out of covid given that we're all in in the homes it's it's not a normal situation one of the things that builds resilience is allowing yourself to feel joy allowing yourself to feel good about something. Yes, the, the world is going through horrible time in health and economically, but we need to allow ourselves that moment of joy. And lastly, um, and I love this, is gratitude is my attitude. And there's also research around resilience. And one of the things that I would recommend to everyone is having a gratitude journal. Every night before I go to bed, I write three things I'm grateful for. And also expressing that gratitude. I spend a lot of time send, sending thank you notes to people in my team or to people not in my team who did something great. And it's amazing how long they go because it's, we're assuming that they know we're grateful. But in this time, more than ever, we need to be very vocal on those things that they do that are amazing. Or they just, it makes a difference emotionally just cheering them up like that. Yeah, I guess that, um, you know, empathy, like you you mentioned, and, and being grateful for everyone's effort during this time. It, we as managers or leaders of, of a company or a business area, we really need to to express that and, and keep, you know, motivation in, in our employees. Yeah, and in ourselves. Like yesterday, I actually started, we had an office Q&A, oral hands, like someone, some people call it. And we usually start with a check-in and we have a, uh, in work chat, uh, I asked them to send a GIF or whatever on how they're feeling. And yesterday I started different. I was like, write something you're grateful for. And my gratitude is those, I was like, I was making breakfast the other day and I was cutting nopales, cactus. Um, and just the smell of it made me think about 
the privilege of having fresh fruit and vegetables and made me think that I was in Mexico. It's a very Mexican smell. Um, and I was grateful for that. And that's how I started. And then the, the things that people put, it was beautiful. Like someone said, I'm grateful that I have the time to think about what I'm grateful for. Right. Exactly. So, so it really, it really goes a long way. I know. So most of us have been I mean, never been busier. I, I feel that in the beginning of this pandemic, most of us were like, oh, this is downtime, but I've never been busier in my life. We've been working longer hours. I feel that there's a very, like there's a blurred line between our working hours and our personal time these days. How um, a leader can avoid employee burnout? How can we promote healthier boundaries during this time? I think you're, you're touching a very sensitive topic because part of the burnout also has, to, we are working uh, or most people are working more hours. And we, I think th there's this rush of feeling productive and feeling that whatever you're doing is good. And I think the first thing we need to do as leaders is speak out as you did right now, like authenticity and say, Hey, I'm very tired. And I think there's a couple of things I would suggest. First is having a routine and boundaries within that routine is critical. And I will not stress it enough. And, and we were seeing that people were not doing this. So what we did at Facebook Mexico is we created a, all of the managers. Uh, I asked them to do a video, a small, a short video on their routine. And so mine included 6.30 AM, taking the dogs out. And how do I keep myself fueled? We use this word at Facebook on fuel, what gives you energy. So for me, my fuel is exercise. So I also like, but like the video I sent is like, I'm trying to do exercise and the dog is jumping, like making sure that they see that it's not, uh, it's not as usual. Right. And I was, I spent a lot of time cleaning. So just, we, we made sure there was visibility about our routines and pushing them to do videos about their routines and people were excited. So uh, beyond the excitement on the routine, having a routine will lower stress. Uh, also make sure people respect calendars. Like if the meeting can be an email, like it's more critical than ever and do not cancel meetings and ask your team not to cancel meetings same day. It's, it's, it's usually impolite, but now it's more because you don't know if the other person has a, I suppose both are working, there's children in the house and you don't know if they made an arrangement for the employee to be at that time connected because you put a meeting, right? So just being very mindful of the other and setting boundaries. And I've seen examples on how people set boundaries. Literally, there's people in the office who have an alarm clock at 6 p.m. And no matter what happens, 6 p.m., the computer shuts down, right? And I think it works from some, uh, might not be the ideal for others, but it's important to make sure you do that. And the other is no one is taking time off. And we're struggling with this just Facebook. We're pushing people to take PTO. And the first thing I got back from the team was like, Adriana, you haven't taken PTO. Like you're signaling that you're not like that it's not okay. And so the first thing I, I was like, I've been very vocal. I actually now take some some evenings off and I'm very vocal when I do them. Um, last Friday I took PTO. Next week I'm taking two days of PTO and I'm being very, very vocal. One thing we did, and if anyone who's listening has a, a business, we forced one day of PTO for Facebook. It was March 22nd. For Mexico it didn't work because we have hot sale, but I forced it another day. And once they took it, because people and a lot of people are like, no, I don't want to take PTO because whenever this is over, I want to travel and I want to make sure I have those days. And the moment we make one day of PTO mandatory, people realize how much they needed it. And so really taking time off, making sure that uh, 
you it's and people say well it's vacation right <laughs> i'll take video and i'm in my house but it makes a difference to have a day of not to think about work having the discipline of, of not looking at the phone not opening the computer like that it just really uploads you yeah i guess that we need to be mindful and remind ourselves you know um that Every, like everyone has a different way of coping with with this and that everyone everyone else in your team might be in a different position and also not to try to compensate for you know lost productivity by working longer hours and that is kind of like fueling this anxiety and stress in in in, in your mind and in your body totally so i assume that the way you're measuring your employee performance and results has completely changed or do you think that companies need to readjust expectations this year yeah so we did a, a combination of things and others were still sorting through them the first one that we did is for uh the first half of the year we actually took out all the performance ratings so we gave an exit to everyone because we we actually for some people and I know company not every company can do this but we instituted something that's called COVID leave, and so if you have to take care of someone, be it children, parents, siblings, uh, you could take six weeks I think thirty days first and then fifty days, and they can be in a row like completely or they can be scattered around. A lot of people are taking one day off a week. And, and so how do you compare performance with someone who were giving the option to have a leave and someone who's working, right? So in that dilemma, we wanted to make sure people did not have the pressure to stay because of a rating. And so we eliminated ratings and we made sure people had that space. Now, as, as we move into this as a, as a newer normal for now, I think we're trying to define what... So, so we're setting realistic expectations. And if for someone productivity was 100% and now they cannot do 100%, what we will try to do is we'll say, okay, within that 60, what are goals that are reasonably reasonable for you to achieve? And then measure the person based on those goals. And so we'll have, usually we do, depending on your seniority, we do blank approach and saying, this is the standard for that level and this is what we're expecting. And so within that expectation, what is feasible and having that arrangement uh, at the managers have to have those agreements. Uh, so it's at the manager level, how they, they work on this. And I think we'll see how that works, but we need to be very mindful. Uh, we also, we're trying to figure out how to compensate or recognize people who've gone above and beyond because we do also have people who have gone above and beyond and we've had to do we actually had to reshuffle people because we we with the new normal and what's happening with covid we have different priorities and so people were very flexible where that we moved them from one industry so for example someone who was in the travel industry the amount of workload that they have is not as much as someone who's in the e-com industry and mm -hmm. so we asked them to help them right so within that we're reframing what those goals are going to be and and so i think it will be a process for everyone and we're going to learn as we go but we need to make sure it's a reasonable goal depending on the person's situation and never forget that the person's situation is very individual so you think that your team's success it's not being measured the same way as you were measuring like performance in the past in a normal business as usual 
Yeah, we're not. And we've also re we've the, we've, we've um, recalculated our goals and we're a commercial team. So we have financial goals. And so we've done a recalculation of those goals because we know that the goals that we had for the year are not feasible. So right now we're planning for age two and we're saying, what is feasible? What is the situation of this industry? When is lockdown finishing? Because lockdown has a huge implication on when the economy is going to start. Do we believe that travel is going to recover domestically uh, this year or not? And based on that, what can we expect? So we are redoing the goals. We're, and so based on those new goals, then we're evaluating performance. And people are being part of those of that calling. We make sure they have that ownership. Amazing. Now, now I want to start talking about the impact of coronavirus crisis on women in the workplace, um, because most of our audience, in fact, eighty-five percent of our audience, is um, it's female. So I'd like to start talking about this. Um, most of us have are working. No, we work, and most of us have had to adjust working from home and in many cases to homeschooling. In my personal experience, I've had always worked remotely, like I said in the beginning of this podcast. Um, I always work from home and because the last team is scattered around. But I guess that what has really changed in my day-to-day -day dynamics now is having to homeschool my kids all morning, juggling homeschool with Zoom calls. Like sometimes I am even embarrassed to even turn on the camera because I feel like I'm a mess. So I start working late and I guess I try to compensate with longer working hours. So um, in the preparation, preparation for this podcast, I read um, this new research from Lean In, the women's organization founded by Facebook CEO, Sheryl Sandberg, where it examines how women working from their home are dealing with COVID-19 pandemic compared with men. And their findings were not surprising. So women with full-time jobs, a partner, and children report spending around 71 hours a week on childcare. Some of them have, you know, elder siblings or elder people to take care of and household chores. So compared with 51 hours for men. So they're advocating that women are carrying a heavier load in keeping their households running and they're also experiencing higher levels of stress and burnout and she is calling this the double double shift can you tell us a little bit more about this totally and i think i'll, I'll talk about that but i wanted to you mentioned something that's very important and what we've seen with covid is uh Trends have accelerated. It's not new trends, except the only one that did not accelerate is mobility for, for obvious reasons. But, but we've seen trends accelerating and this was already happening and this is not the exception. And one of the things that worries me the most about women is there's a lot of women issues that are getting accelerated. What do I mean? First, domestic violence is on the rise, uh, if we think about that. Second, you mentioned on not turning the camera on. And there's a really good article on Vox that says they, that the title is The Inescapable Pressure of Being a Woman on Zoom. And it talks yes, about that was this. actually my next question. <laughs> it talks about this. It, it's we have the pressure to, to be perfect. And if anyone has not read Lean In, which is um, the original book from where the foundation uh, from Cheryl was made, like I really recommend you to read that and see how much we pressure ourselves to be perfect. Men do not do that. And in this fight for perfection, it's even the worst time to do it because things are not perfect. Things are messy. And so actually, I mean, you, you might think this is like, 
simple, but we've had senior VPs at Facebook, myself uh, as leader of the office. I sometimes join uh, Zoom calls in Gym Clothes, or I do videos in Gym Clothes to make sure that people can see that they can be themselves and it's okay and that you don't have that extra pressure. And I think a lot of that has to do with our own paradigms and our own vulnerabilities on how we think that we think it's not good enough and that we need to try harder to do the same. So just give everyone who's listening, give yourself space and give yourself a break. It's hard. It's really hard. I, I think, yeah, because I usually find myself apologizing, you know, or making an excuse like feeling bad or unprofessional by not looking perfect on camera or having our kids crying on the back. And, you know, that, that we're suffering this pressure of, you know, being perfect and, and, and performing, you know? Yeah. Why, why should we apologize? Like, there's no need to, everyone is doing the same. And you see your male colleague joining in as like, he just got out of bed, right? And he's not apologizing. I think where, where the core of the issue here is, and we, we are more apologetic than men in general. Uh, we've seen that in research. And so we need to give ourselves a break. And, and if, if one day your kid is a mess and it's, it's okay. And if one day like the kitchen is not perfectly done, it's okay. And I think on the second topic, uh, which is the double-double shift, I think that is part of what's really hard about this. And uh, it would be bad on my end not to acknowledge the other part of the double-double shift. So women of color, um, Latino women, Black women, are actually experiencing the, this at a more exacerbated pace. And they're, fi- they're experiencing financial distress at a more exacerbated uh, pace, which is horrifying and it speaks about this discrimination that systematic discrimination that we have in in this case in the u.s uh but it applies we have systemic discrimination in mexico in latin america we have a lot of systemic discrimination so how can we think about this how can we reach out how can we make sure that every woman has an opportunity and make sure that the the, the system is allowed is that we break that system right and i have a there's a framework that we're using at Facebook that I really like around that. And first, and, and I'm going into racial issues, but it's knowledge, empathy, and action. How can I change anything if I don't know it's happening? So for the fact that you bring this topic to the table is that part of knowledge. How do we learn more about it? Second is, how do I empathize with the person who's having this? And lastly, how do I, I take action? And in terms of the double-double shift, I think it's it's a systematic issue on male dominance in general, right? And so how can we think about this in a different way? And is there anything at a personal level? How can we engage uh, male spouses to be more engaged at home and understand what's happening and how can we have better couple agreements, right? But it's also at the society level. How can we make a difference? How can we, if we have the means to donate? How can we not donate to organizations that are furthering the causes uh, and generating economic empowerment, right? So I think it it has several dimensions, but it is uh, really concerning. And domestic violence for me, it's one of the ones that takes me, takes my sleep away. And at Facebook, one of the things we did to give you an example is we launched a WhatsApp support line in Argentina and Chile for uh, domestic abuse. And we had thousands of conversations that yeah, they launched it's right impressive. so it's crazy we did a podcast um a couple of weeks ago about domestic violence and just the numbers are they're they're just it's staggering 
Yeah, it's staggering, and 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 it's really sad to see how um, you know it's it, at the same time we really need to talk about this, you know, and we really need to, I think that there's a lot of women that are going through this and might have been going through these even before COVID and, or, you know, COVID has been a reason for women being, you know, um, yep. suffering from domestic violence. But I do think that we are, you know, going throughout a very difficult time. And I just saw right now a quote of Cheryl saying that we're never going to get equality in the office until we get to equality at home. So that's a very powerful statement right there. So. And, and just speaking about it, and I think this space is an amazing space to make sure that people can talk about it. Like everyone is having a really bad time and particularly women and particularly women of color. Like we need to speak about this. Like they need to know they're not alone. And I, I make the analogy um, and I know we, we might transition into that, but on like when I was in the closet, when I couldn't accept that I was gay and I couldn't tell people that my anxiety, my depression got magnified because I was alone. I didn't think there was someone else like me. I didn't think I could share this and that there was a meaning in sharing. And the moment you do, the anxiety gets released, right? Yeah. It doesn't solve the issue, right? But, but you still have that support and that otherness and knowing that you're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on that note, and given that we are celebrating Pride Month this month, um, I know that you've been doing a great, great job pushing diversity and inclusivity in the workplace. And this speaks not only to women like we were talking about, but also about LGBTQ community as well. And in fact, you were just named in a list of the 42 most influential leaders in the LGBTQ community in Mexico. How do you find that managing this has a better impact in the performance of your employees? Totally. I think first, one thing I wanted to mention on the LGBTQ. So it's it's Pride Month. It's June. And uh, I don't know if everyone who's listening knows this about Pride Month, but it started because um, there was systematic abuse from the police to the LGBT community in New York, in Stonewall. And there was protest against this. And this was 1968. And what breaks my heart is that we are in the same place in 2020, if not worse. And that there's still communities that have systematic violence or systematic discrimination uh, and suffering from that. So based on that acknowledgement, uh, visibility is very important. And I, I am a woman and I am a lesbian. And I think very few people understand that being a double minority has a weight. And the weight is that we actually have very few openly uh, open lesbians in, in the world. And I think that's, it's because there's layers and there's intersectionality when we think about uh, this. In my, in my case, for example, I am a, a woman, I am a lesbian, but I'm white and I grew up in privilege. And that gives me a lot more responsibility to make sure that we have space for, for others. And in, the, in this case, in the list, for example, we've been fighting very hard in Mexico to have visibility, to have pride around that. And it's the second time this happens. So it's kudos for expansion because they made it into the COVID of, of the magazine this month. But we still, we had nine women and we had zero trans people, women or men. And so mm -hmm. what's happening? Why, why aren't we giving visibility to this? And how can we make sure that more people know that they're not the only one? And if, if there's discrimin systematic discrimination against the trans community, which happens in Mexico, I don't know if everyone knows, but Mexico is the number two country in the world where trans women are killed. Life expectancy is 35 years. It's just horrendous. Mm -hmm. 
And so how do we change that? And how do we give that visibility? And to your original question on the workplace, uh, being yourself, like I found, I've been working in transformation since I started at PepsiCo, business innovation. We're changing the way the business model. And what I found is that the moment that I discovered the power to transform myself, my ability to transform an organization just got accelerated because it's that authenticity, it's that understanding of what you can do to yourself and how you can do it on, like for an organization that really empowers you. And we're in a new age of uh, leadership. COVID accelerated that. As I started at the beginning, is the age of authenticity, the age of being yourself and bringing your whole self to work. And those who don't allow that in their offices, they're going to have a huge talent gap going forward. Maybe not at the beginning because we have an economic recession, but it will happen. And you feel that obviously an employee that feels secure, feels respected and feels you know, accepted no matter their inclination, their gender, their, you know, they feel more motivated and they perform better. Yeah, there's like, speaking about anxiety, imagine the amount of anxiety that you have to hide who you are. And it's all the time. And there's societies that are more inclusive and societies that are less inclusive. In Mexico and Spanish, the language is very gendered. So I would, I often get asked if... Now that I have a, that, that you can see that I'm married uh, because I have a ring, they ask me about my husband and I need to correct them. And why can't they ask spouse? It's neutral, mm-hmm. right? You give that opportunity, you give that chance in making sure there's, there's inclusivity in the language. And oddly enough for companies like Facebook and others that have done an amazing job in making sure that people are their true selves at work. Right now with COVID, what we're experiencing is for a lot of people, work was their safe space. Home is not. And so we're trying to bring online resources and online communities to a lot of the LGBT population because it is not safe to be themselves at home. So, Adriana, on that note, we are seeing issues around diversity magnifying in a positive way and in some cases on a negative way when there is no inclusivity. What is your point of view? Yeah, I think, and as we've been talking about, it's people have been in lockdown for three months and or more. And this has also made everyone's anxiety on the rise. It's also made us be more reflective of ourselves. And it's also made our tolerance uh, go low. And this is good in some cases and bad in some cases. And where is it good? It is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to continue with systematic discrimination in our countries. And it, it reflects itself in many different ways, depending on the country. And I think it is pushing everyone to have a man- or should be pushing everyone to have a mandate to understand your position of power. And it can be relative, but what is it that you have a privilege on? And if you do have a privilege on, how do you use that and you change that and you make sure that it's more inclusive for everyone? And I think there's a very good quote, I think it was Will Smith who said, racism is not increasing, it's just getting filmed. So it's always happened and it shouldn't happen. And so how do we move from understanding more and then into action and understanding comes on accepting whatever privilege you might have. And as I said before, I'm a woman, I'm a lesbian, but I grew up in privilege. I was able to access good quality education. I was able to go abroad for school. And so that comes with a significant responsibility on how we make sure that, that, that I use that privilege to, make, to change the situation, to, to have a more inclusive world. When it's bad, um, it's precisely people who are not being inclusive. And I think it comes where they're not accepting their privilege and they're not accepting that they're part of the problem. And it's very common to hear someone saying, but 
I didn't I, like, and I heard this, which I hate, but I've heard some friends saying, but I have black friends. Yeah, but you're white and you have all this privilege because you're white. And, and it's, you might not think that you are part of the problem, but you are. And it comes in that understanding. And how do we make sure that those people who are being very vocal about discrimination, and we have leaders of countries being very vocal about discrimination, that we show them that it's not not acceptable and not okay. And like in the case of the U.S., people need to show up to vote to express if it's not okay. And that's happening, right? And I think for Facebook, what we, we've been doing a lot of things um, we usually, diversity is at the core of what we do and we're gaining awareness that we actually have to do more. And so one of the things we're doing is to make sure that everyone understands that free village. We're using Juneteenth, which is next Friday and it's a very relevant uh, date for the US. Um, we're making sure no one's going to work that day. We're going to have a day of learning because many of us do not know and learning is the first phase into action. And we're also reviewing our product policies, uh, how we build our products, the policies that we have to make sure that there's a pristine diversity and inclusion lens around how we do that. Absolutely. Um, so lastly, to wrap up this um, very insightful podcast, what would your advice be to our audience that works from home to cope better with this and inspire confidence to endure these challenging times? For me, it's starting with the realization that it's not normal. This is not normal work from home and whoever thinks it is, it's, it's wrong. We need to make sure that we understand that what, what is it that I can do right now and give myself a break around that. Not everything's going to work every day. There's going to be days when it's really bad. There's going to be days when it's good. Making sure we lean in when it's good and quilling out when it's bad and not take it personal. Don't assign it to us and making sure that we take care of ourselves. I started the, the podcast with the breathing because we don't give ourselves one minute, one minute to stop and just offload everything that's happening. So everyone who's listening, you matter. You matter a lot. You are amazing. And if you ever forget, have that friend that tells you how amazing you are whenever you need it most. Well, thank you so much, Adriana. Thank you again for um, your time today. And I was very happy to have the opportunity to interview you. You've been my friend since we've been six years old, but I've, I, I guess we've never had a conversation about work, about how you are you know, implementing all your, your knowledge and your drive and passion into your workplace. So I am extremely happy of knowing another face of, of you and your career. And not to say that I am extremely proud of you and your work and how are you leading, you know, your workplace, your team. And I am sure like you were, when we were young, a class president, I would have no doubt that you will be seriously a, a very, very big leader in our country as well. Thank you so much. And uh, you mentioned something, I know we're in the wrap up, but just to wrap up, which is very interesting also about women. And I learned this through my male friends. So we tend to speak with friends more on personal things and we actually don't talk a lot about work. And I would, hopefully this is the first of many and that way within our group of friends, we can also start talking more about work. Like men do this all the time and it's very enriching to learn from the other. So thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Labs is trying to bring the most powerful insights to our community. Don't forget to rate our podcast and please let us know what you guys want to hear. 
you can send us an email or a DM in our social media accounts. Until next time, take care.